0: Sister, Hello, sister. Welcome to "Of Late I Think of Rosewood, a podcast deep dive into the characters, themes, and plot of ABC Family's Pretty Little Liars. My name is Haley.
1: And I'm Morgan. And we are sisters who love Pretty Little Liars and spend too much time thinking about it. So for this episode, we are going to be talking about that night, the night that Allison disappears and what exactly she got up to during the day and the night, kind of going through chronologically of what what she did, who she met with, which was everyone, everyone that she had ever met in her life. (laughs) She got up to a lot. She accomplished more in this night than I think any of us have in our entire lives. We have two full pages of of like a single spaced list of just things she did. Yeah, it's it's pretty lengthy. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. We've got sources, which I think we'll put in probably the
0: episode description.
1: Uh, or maybe or, like link
0: to a pdf for google yeah. doc or something.
1: Yeah, we'll find some way to get you guys these sources so you can if you check want check our work. Check our work, follow, you know, go and watch her night chronologically. There are some I think edits on youtube but I think we did, we watched some of those we decided they weren't quite comprehensive enough for our taste.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're a nice they're a nice start, but I think if we want to be comprehensive and accurate, we've got to we probably have to do our own eventually
1: yeah I'll I'll have to figure out how to get clips of things from the internet never never really tried to do that before
0: you're showing our age Morgan
1: <laughs> you're right I'm sorry <laughs> um, in addition to that to going through this like just chronologically we're also going to kind of talk about all of the characters and like based on what happens this night like how does that inform their behavior and our understanding of their behavior going on through the Mm -hmm. show because you know everybody acts super suspicious and so a lot of that comes back to what happened on this night yeah so should we get into it let's get into it all right item number one where do we start the day
0: so we start the day in hilton head south carolina (laughs) which is crazy it's
1: a a multi-state journey (laughs) For and, this 14-year-old girl.
0: Yes. And we start with Allie, Ian, and Melissa are all in this Hilton Head Hotel. Allie's kind yeah. of hiding in the room. Melissa and Ian are fighting in the hallway. And this is, yeah. I think, vitally important for the story. Because this is essentially when, not yeah. essentially, it is when Allie like, kind of finds and is able to get copies of the NAT videos. The The yeah. thing that kind of, I don't even know what you would call it it's like the the great white it's, whale it's these, yeah these, these videos
1: seeming motivation for her murder that is not
0: that is that actually is not
1: ultimately irrelevant but yeah. feels very relevant and also again we don't talk about the nat club enough these were 17 18 year old boys No, well, yeah, i think oh that, you're
0: right they were like
1: i think that they like
0: so. were in their freshman year of at least yeah. of college like, were, these yeah. were college students
1: yeah they were at least like these were 18, legal 19, adults and they were making child pornography of the neighborhood like 14 year olds yeah uh including for it was apparently jason's idea and this was his sister was in a lot of these like uh, we should never well, forgive jason two for of his this.
0: sisters were in a lot of these
1: well he didn't know about one of them
0: but yeah, also, so... one thing that I think is important to mention about those videos is it wasn't just the children. He, there was also a video of Ashley, Marin hooking yeah. up or having a moment, is I think what she yeah. calls it, with Wilden. Which you also know... kind of begs, begs the question, did they hook up before she's hooking up with him to get Hannah off for, for shoplifting?
1: I think, that they, I think my understanding is they like, she, he drove her home one night when she was like drunk. Uh-huh. And they like maybe shared a kiss or something in his like car, in his cop okay. car. I'll but this it. actually raises it in. This is interesting because this is essentially, uh, there, it's an A behavior that we're it seeing really in these videos. And it's almost, but instead of using it for blackmail, they just use it for perviness. Uh-huh. And I guess that's what a male A
0: Yes yeah. like maybe. Well, and let's actually wait a second. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant observation because we've talked about the fact that our, I mean, I think even one of the girls says it when they find out about Charlotte. They say, "Oh, I mean, obviously this is not a spoiler free zone." Um, oh, but yeah. they no, say they say Mrs. D taught Charlotte to be a and I think that also yeah. goes in line with the the way that we talk about how And now we're spoiling future episodes, but Mm -hmm. we talk about how Allie was actually kind of the original A with how she manipulated and treated her friends. Mm -hmm. And that's how Jason is also, you know, this is just like what happens to Mrs. De Mm Laurentiis' children is they are just really prone to this like level of surveillance and manipulation and like blackmailing. It's something that comes Mm -hmm. naturally to them because that's what their mother taught them how to do.
1: Truly, give Jessica and Kenneth DeLaurentis the parent of the year award. Just (laughs) outstanding parents.
0: Yeah. It's less work. Okay.
1: So, okay, we got to keep going. We got to go. This is going to be a 10-hour podcast. (laughs) So Allie and Melissa are in Hilton Head, and Allie gets the NAT videos Mm -hmm. and, like, bounces, where she apparently has Duncan fly her to an airfield outside Philly, and we know Duncan says that he drops her at this airfield outside Philly before 12 p.m. So yeah. presumably, this this interaction with like Allie and Melissa and Hiltonhead was probably early morning, because I think how. How long would a flight from South Carolina take? I think we looked it up once. Uh, we like...
0: definitely looked it up once, and I think like in like a small like prop plane like that, it's yeah. like a it's like a three maybe four hour to flight. Four hour flight, yeah. Um, so and I think let's not let's also not forget that Duncan is uh, probably sixteen at this point. So mm-hmm. the sixteen year old, maybe seventeen year old, has his pilot's license, which mm-hmm. does check out mm-hmm. in the state of. Pennsylvania, you can get your pilot's license at sixteen. He takes a plane. Uh, that just, I think that just like really shows the power of Allie, the power that Allie had. Yeah. Allie called and Duncan was like, "Yeah, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I'll pick you up. I'll fly from Philadelphia because that's you know Duncan's from the area. Is Duncan from Brookhaven? Maybe anyway, Duncan is from the area. He flies down to Hilton Head and then immediately just turns around and flies her back to Philadelphia. That's the you power this fourteen-year-old girl has. And she has that
1: power over so many people. I think and for really, everyone, Allie. The main main description that I would give for Allie is she inspires extreme behavior. Yeah. <laughs> it sometimes it's really positive. Sometimes people are obsessed with her and they will do anything for her. And other times, they're obsessed with her and they hate her and they will do the most extreme shit you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. So after after Duncan drops her, so this is where we get into like there are a couple instances where like. We can't say with absolute certainty, like, which happened first. I think in terms of, so we have that at some, like, at some point that day when she arrives, Allison checks into the Lost Woods Resort as Vivian Darkbloom. And it's, like, in the morning. So we're saying that that is probably what happens next. I guess in the morning being relative, it's, you know, close to noon probably. Who knows how long it takes to get from that airfield to the Lost Woods Resort. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I would love to, I wish I could... I wish we had enough information to truly just create a map of Pennsylvania, of like the Philadelphia region of Pennsylvania in this universe. As told
1: by pretty little liars.
0: Exactly. exactly. Then she goes and she visits Jenna at the blind school. And we actually like get this from two different perspectives. We get this from Allie's perspective when she's telling her version of the night (laughs) slash day. Um, to the girls and A is for answers and then we also get it from Jenna's uh, POV
1: and then I mean I guess presumably she takes a, the train from the blind school in Philadelphia to well, Rosewood actually and
0: then... going back to the conversation that Allie and Jenna have at the blind school essentially mm-hmm. Allie like threatens Jenna to not return to Rosewood right. we'll find right. out that Jenna does then take that as I'm coming back today bitch but
1: <laughs> Jenna doesn't respond to threats well yeah,
0: no, especially not yeah. from the girl who blinded her. Yeah,
1: and constantly rubs it in her face. So that, yeah, and that's kind of that's Jenna's. That that's sort of the inciting incident for Jenna to come into play later that night. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that she, it, it's, or I guess it's, it's less the threat. It's the the existence of the videos. Yep. Jenna does not trust Allie to have these videos. You know, Jenna's not one to to just go along with it so that you don't release it. She's like, no, I need to make sure you don't have this ammunition. And then so presumably then Allie takes the train to Rosewood from Philly and gets in a taxi to go meet the girls. I
0: think we I think for a second we've yeah. got to talk about the fact that Allie was like 14. And yeah,
1: I, I was just gonna say that, yeah.
0: Her of course you were. And yeah. her parents are like they've just given her a free reign of the Eastern seaboard of the United States. Yeah. So like, far. they're like, yeah, we're going to send you down to like, so far there seems to be nobody like no adult other than the adult she's dating. Yeah. Knowing anywhere where any idea where Allie was at any given time. Yeah.
1: Was there no plan for like one of her parents to like meet her at the airport when she gets back from her grandma's right? like, because also her parents presumably don't even know that she's in Hilton head. Right. She's supposed to be with her grandma who knows what Allie did to her grandma to keep her from Killed talking. Her. But yeah, there's a there's a elderly woman decomposing in, in Georgia.
0: Georgia. <laughs> it's still the South um, Spence.
1: <laughs> so so far this 14 year old has taken a secret weekend trip with her adult boyfriend to another state, uh, then had Melanie. another boy fly her back home, then checked into a hotel, which legally she's not allowed to do blackmailed a girl at a blind school and then took a train and a taxi on her own, which yeah. again, seems, seems so minimal when you talk all before, when, the of things, Allison does like, Oh, she took a train and a taxi by herself. But imagine you were 14 years old, right? Are you taking, are you getting a train from Absolutely Philly not. and like getting the taxi yourself? No. You, and this all <laughs>
0: happened probably before 2 PM. Anyway. So she meets yes. the girls. She, you know, Spencer's kind of suspicious because she was like Hilton heads in South Carolina I thought your grandma lived in Georgia and that's when I've already said it, but that's when Allie goes, it's still the South Spence. Why so many questions? I love that life.
1: Who cares what state I was in? Let it go. <laughs> um, we then have to infer here that she goes home and changes. And puts on the
0: infamous it's, yellow top. Yeah.
1: It puts on the infamous yellow top uh, where we also see Mona presumably leave an a message on her mirror behind her as she's getting dressed. like mona is a ninja she's a ghost point like, mm-hmm. um but she changes she gets the snow globe and her childhood lunchbox so we know that she has to get the snow globe here because she's in the yellow top when she gives emily the snow globe it, it's possible she brought the snow globe with her from georgia or she may have already had it at her house because we know that what it was her yeah. grandmother's snow it doesn't globe. really
0: matter where the snow it globe doesn't. came from but, but it was in she her also, home, and yeah, she takes her childhood lunchbox to go rent a storage unit near Hollis. Yeah. And she stashes the... Another
1: thing that I don't think 14-year-olds legally are allowed to do. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I don't think so.
1: But she's got so many fake IDs.
0: Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. in the storage unit is where she stashes the like USB drive of the NAT videos in her mm-hmm. childhood lunchbox locks it up, sets it up all like cinematically so that when somebody opens the door, it's really, it's a moment. And then she goes to Emily's house and that's when she gifts Emily the snow globe that has Mm -hmm. the secret hidden key in the base of it. So good, God. Let's talk about that for a second though. Yeah, Like let's talk about her decision to like who to give the snow globe to. And I think it's Mm -hmm. like, obviously it would be Emily, right? Because she knows that Emily's in love with her. And she knows that Emily would treasure this snow globe in a way that I don't Mm -hmm. think she could count on, you know, Hannah or Aria or especially not Spencer to do. And I think, you know, she's not an idiot, Allie. She knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She's setting clues. She is setting clues Mm -hmm. like a master.
1: She knows that Emily will keep it. And she trusts Emily the most in the event that she finds the key and tracks down the storage unit, right? Mm -hmm. Because you also have to remember like, this is all pre sort of like the liar bond, the the liars all being threatened by A and it bringing where they share all their secrets. Allie is also thinking that like, Emily would be the one potentially to find these videos should something happen to herself, right? Mm-hmm. And she's the one that she trusts to find it. And she doesn't expect obviously that she would tell the other girls necessarily. Also, the snow globe, uh, yeah. I think we've got an episode planned to talk about snow globes in Brave and the Yeah, because um, they're,
0: it's a real, like, through yeah. line. They're a real motif. Yeah,
1: so we then know, or we're pretty sure we know that she has a family dinner. We can't figure out like, the episode where this is referenced, but we know that at some point there is, like, an offhand reference to a family dinner that night, which is just, again, the fact they were able to fit in family dinner in Alice's the schedule fact- is incredible
0: the fact that the de were having family dinner yeah. is wild to me it doesn't seem like the type of family that you could see sitting around a table sharing stories of their day but maybe that's all about yeah. the what they're trying to portray and how they're well, trying you know, to it, appear for others
1: it really undercuts the idea that family dinner being essential i guess to like a happy or like to a happy family cuz clearly mm. you can have family dinners and be a very unhappy family Yes. <laughs> the most dysfunctional one of them all. So then after the family dinner, Mrs. D gets a phone call.
0: Presumably about, from someone at Radley.
1: Yeah. Uh, about some sort of escape. Now we don't know if they're telling her that Cece escaped or that Bethany escaped or both. Because, of course, Mrs. DeLaurentis is having an affair with Bethany's father. So Bethany hates Mrs. laurentis mm-hmm. and Cece
0: knows this. And after getting this phone call, Mrs. D tries to get Allie not to leave for Spencer's. So Mm -hmm. Allie's getting ready to leave. And Mrs. D says, I don't want you to do that. Stay home. And Allie says, you can't tell me what to do, basically. Yeah. Allie says, you have no idea what I've been up to today. I think I'm going to go to Spencer's.
1: I don't think you're going to be the one to stop me. And then she also steals some sleeping pills from her mom's purse. Yes. Her mom is like, hey, I don't want you to go out tonight. And she's like, fuck you, bitch. And then turns around, steals some sleeping pills from her purse and sneaks out.
0: Yep. Oh, what uh, an icon. <laughs> and then she arrives at the Hastings barn along with some impeccable timed lighting and lightning and yeah. Uh, thunder.
1: Yeah. So just imagine the that song, Don't Trust a Ho playing over.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, that
1: that is the first thing we hear from this show. And I love it so much. It really sets you. It really puts you in a place in time, right? Right Uh from the jump. Mm -hmm. She then proceeds to drug all of her friends as you do. Uh, And this is, of course, to if her her logic that she gives us an A is for answers is, well, if they're all asleep and she gets an A message, she knows it's none of them. Which, you know, you're a shitty friend when you're like, you know what? I think my friend could be this stalker because I do, I am pretty awful to them.
0: (laughs) So the girls pass out. Yeah. Understandably. And then Allie meets up with Toby outside of the barn and gets Mm -hmm. his sweater. Now, I don't think that we ever really get, do we get like video footage of this scene or is it something that we're just told?
1: We do. We do see it. Okay. Yeah. Because we see it when after Toby uh, emerges from the back of Emily's car.
0: Oh, yes. In that
1: iconic scene, he oh, yeah. tells Emily the true story of what happened. And then he recounts this and we see the flashback gotcha. of this happening. And then Allie getting into some guy's car. Yeah. Who Toby and... doesn't know who it is. Yes. And we and won't then find we out learn... for another four seasons.
0: <laughs> and we learn that is none other than felon Ezra Fitz.
1: Resident felon Ezra Fitzgerald. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. So she gets into Ezra's car and they have their like argument about her lying about her age, which apparently is I'm an sorry. issue for Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly that's an issue, which also like Ezra. I'm sorry. If a 14 year old tells you that they're 21, you should be able to tell that that's not true. I don't He's think
0: Not very smart. Morgan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And he doesn't have his master's degree in American literature yet. At this very point. true, so, very true, yeah. So they have that argument, and Ezra's like, Yeah, we're never gonna see each other again, goodbye. Uh, and then he becomes obsessed with to,
0: yeah.
1: This is when we're trying to redeem Ezra, so we really need him to be like, Ew, no, not I wouldn't date a 14 year old girl.
0: Mm-hmm. Call me in two
1: years, though. 16, <laughs> 16 day, okay. 16
0: is good to go,
1: um, ideal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So actually before she gets in Ezra's car is when she's like getting a text from Ian it's mm-hmm. like meet says yeah. meet me at the kissing rock so then she yeah. gets in Ezra's car they have their fight and then she meets then she goes and meets Ian at the kissing rock um where yeah. it sounds like they like make out and then like break up
1: yeah the, it, it the, it's the weirdest it's
0: the weirdest break
1: the weirdest because they're like she's blackmailing him right uh-huh and but then also they like hook up and yeah
0: it's very confusing
1: Ian leaves without the videos not knowing where they are Allie really stands her ground so he leaves her and
0: presumably uh, meets up with Garrett and Jenna in her room to look for those yeah, videos yeah
1: presumably gets there before like well before her because he drives and she has to walk back? she's 14 I don't know.
0: he's yeah. she's 14 he made out with her broke up with her had an argument and then yeah Leaves her to walk home in the middle of the night alone as a 14 year old. But you know, he knows her. She's fine. But then
1: again, she's not, as we as we'll
0: <laughs> turns out she wasn't fine. Spoiler. Um, letter, yeah. Yeah. So then um, we have Melissa kind of barging into the room, shouting, Where is she? Uh, into Allie's room. Garrett and Jenna leave the room and are seen kind of like walking in the back uh, yeah, in the they backyard.
1: Giving Melissa and Ian some space to like yes. talk or whatever. Again. In Allison's bedroom, what if Mrs. D. has walked in and found these two in her 14-year-old daughter's bedroom? Like, how much Morgan, time do they spend in Allison's bedroom? Where is Mrs. D? Hey, I like, guess she took Mrs. some D, of the sleeping pills herself.
0: But, right. like, also Mrs. D knows that Cece and or Bethany have escaped Radley. She, she should think be out, out looking for her be daughter. on high alert. But, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's where she is. Maybe she's out but looking But multiple for people,
1: like, break into her like multiple people break into her house essentially presumably like jason Jason
0: was having a party but like mrs d was there i don't know he was a mess as we know
1: it was an intense summer (laughs) (laughs) so then garrett and jenna run into Allie, presumably just arriving from her walk back from the kissing rock so here's where we really got to break down some motives garrett so jenna and Allie fight and then garrett pretends to kill Allison with field hockey stick, hitting it against the tree, leading Jenna to believe that Allison is deceased. Yes. Uh, and then they leave. So,
0: and that field all hockey stick is the field hockey stick that Toby yeah. find when mm-hmm. he finds when he's helping Miss, like Peter Hastings with some sort of yard work, and then Each... Peter Hastings burns in their evidence-burning that... fireplace.
1: Does that mean that we have to add on the list of Garrett's actions which he takes to cover up his fake murder does he bury the fake murder weapon
0: yeah probably Garrett he Jennifer's probably gone. goes she's back... not
1: gonna find it like she's not gonna know like you don't need to keep up this pretense so much
0: well I wonder like the next day once like she's missing does he go mm-hmm. and like sneak back to the backyard and take pick up the the broken field hockey stick and try the and bury field it hockey
1: stick with no blood on it yeah It would never be considered to be a murder weapon because there's no blood on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Morgan, Garrett's not smart. (laughs) Garrett
1: Garrett is not smart. And that's the only explanation for, like, everything that he does. Like, he becomes a police officer. Well, we know he's not smart because
0: he was was qualified to become a police officer. And we know that they have IQ limits. Yeah,
1: that's very true. (laughs) He wants Jenna to believe that he killed Allison. Or is it okay here's the question is it that he wants Jenna to believe that he killed Allison because Jenna's just so hot for that or is it that he's like well I can once Allie goes missing it's like I can tell Jenna I didn't actually kill her all I want she's not really gonna believe me like at this point he is kind of trapped he is trapped because there's no other like leads on Allie's killer right and he is trapped with an ear witness To him killing Allison. And he essentially confirmed it to her in the moment. So maybe that's kind of, I get it's not so much that he's doing it because he wants Jenna to love him and Jenna loves that he killed Allison. It's more, he can't prove to Jenna that he wasn't, that he didn't kill her. Yeah, that's true. And so he is forced. He's in a tough spot. And this kid's is why
0: you should never pretend to kill someone. Never pretend to kill someone. Because what if they end up dead
1: yeah and you will be forced to essentially larp as their murderer in order to not get arrested Uh, he's just he's role-playing as though he killed her and covering Uh things up and then jenna turns on him the second she can yeah because the only way really for garrett to keep jenna from from says he has to make her think that she was also involved in killing Allison. So, so Jenna thinks that she killed Allison, which explains all of her behavior and Garrett has to keep up that lie. Cause he can't prove otherwise to Jenna. Mm-hmm. So they both have to pretend to, and that's a lesson for you to, kids. And I have to assume that Garrett and Jenna get messages from from mona no, they don't know yeah, it's mona and it's not it's not at the same level they're not necessarily signed a and it's not you know to the same level of stalking as the liars right but i think that mona is manipulating garrett and jenna into doing things it's the only thing that explains yeah. so much of their like involvement in different things
0: yeah i could see that let's keep moving yeah yeah so Ali goes back to the barn finds spencer is awake and Ali and spencer then go into the hastings house oh wait when, when Allie goes back to the barn and finds Spencer awake, Spencer has this great line where she's like really looks very sinister and she says, I've been waiting for you. It's really freaky, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. really intense. <laughs> and Allie and Spencer argue about Ian inside of the Hastings house because Allie has been trying to like basically force Spencer to tell uh, Melissa that she and that Spencer and Ian had kissed and or dated and obviously like Allie is doing this because she wants Melissa to break up with Ian so that Allie can have Ian all to herself Mm -hmm. but now
1: Allie's telling Spencer like look Spencer forget it don't worry about it but like Spencer won't let it go because Allie has been you know blackmailing her with this for so long and now Allie's like oh no I'm done with him now
0: like yeah and so then then Allie leaves the Hastings kitchen living room area and Spencer it looks like Spencer's about to go upstairs kind of very angrily and then she just decides she changes her mind turns around leaves and chases after Allie and says you know something along the lines of I'm not finished or whatever and they argue and they have like a little tussle and Mm -hmm. Spencer has a shovel and it's all kind of very blurry and then Spencer drops her like amphetamines right and we find out like that's why Spencer's awake because she was on amphetamines that summer and the, the sleeping pills didn't overpower that that and so then Allie and Spencer kind of like walk away from this argument and not a bad place like it seems like fairly like you know Spencer realizes she has a problem and that she's been caught Allie is like showing a little bit of I think care for her friend at this point tells her never take these with alcohol like blah 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 and spencer goes back to the barn and uh falls asleep which actually
1: so we've talked about this before i guess i was gonna say if any doctors should let us know i guess i could i guess i could ask my boyfriend but the i we're talking about like alcohol and adderall Mm -hmm. i don't know like because those are usually the, I feel like the concern is like when you take two like downers right like two suppressants they can you know kill you like you can you know kill you because you're so like drugged up I don't I, I mean I'm sure it's not advisable well but I, I don't let's know. not forget I'll,
0: she's 14
1: yeah that's true she's just heard about not mixing drugs with alcohol <laughs> yes <laughs> so exactly she, But she says it with such confidence. You really believe that she's like a doctor that knows what she's talking about. Just a little aside here. I have since asked an actual doctor and not a 14-year-old girl. And he said that mixing ADHD medication and alcohol does increase the risk for stroke and blood clots. So definitely not advisable, though I think probably still somewhat widely done but definitely risky behavior. Two things though that we didn't talk about that definitely shouldn't be mixed is sleeping pills and alcohol, which Allie had just in the night unwittingly given all of her friends a cocktail of sleeping pills and alcohol. So she's really giving mixed messages.
0: Anyways, back to that night. Melissa witnesses this argument and then sees Spencer dragging really dejectedly a shovel behind her as she kind of like, so you dejectedly. know, tail between, tail between her legs is dragging this shovel back to the barn to like, I guess, go to sleep. It's really quite the scene. But yeah, um, but then after, so that that's happened on the side, like Melissa's witnessing that argument, which is important to know. And then Allie
1: goes to confront slash blackmail Byron about his affair. Allie is blackmailing so many dads
0: all the time I actually I the only reason I think we don't see how she's blackmailing Tom and Wayne is because they're not in Rosewood that night because I'm almost certain that she was blackmailing them for something
1: what do you think she was blackmailing
0: (laughs) what do you think she was blackmailing Wayne Fields for
1: yeah I don't know Wayne Fields maybe he stole something from army
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Um, probably (laughs) or like I don't know
1: I could also I could also kind of see Wayne Fields Maybe being bi and maybe he had Ooh. like an affair with a man.
0: I would love that.
1: Yeah, he's gone a lot.
0: It's um, true. He's yeah. In the army I think,
1: and... I, honestly, I think she might have been blackmailing all the dads about affairs. Except oh, for Tom, probably. maybe.
0: Tom Well, that's the reason Tom ended up actually leaving Ashley. He, yeah, maybe that maybe is because Sally he was like had a okay, role in that we didn't guess... know about. It's like I guess yeah. I have to leave the love of my life because <laughs> this child this is, blackmailing is blackmailing me,
1: me. Yeah. and uh we should say we we firmly believe i we firmly believe that tom maron is actually madly in love with ashley but actually just hates hannah so much that so much. that's why he left ashley he couldn't yeah. stand to be around his child yep because tom maron awful,
0: and really all of his actions support that i don't even they think really do to, i don't i think i don't even think we need we'll to get talk examples. about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in another episode more in depth, but I think, I think we can all feel that this is true. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Then Allie confronts Byron and he's like, I can't just like give you what, $10,000, $15,000. Like what is Allie doing with that money? Obviously I think she was like maybe planning to run away, but that's so much money for a 14 year old to have. Yeah. And, yeah. And Byron's it's like, crazy. I can't, I can't give you that money without Ella noticing
1: and it's like yeah, yeah no of course not. And let's remember he's already given her money once yeah he has paid this blackmail she's yeah. re blackmailing him presumably maybe because we do it sounds as though peter never paid his blackmail peter didn't go along with it and maybe well, peter like, has oh. a
0: backbone let's be yeah. real
1: <laughs> so ali was like i guess i gotta go back to byron hit him up again <laughs> Peter fucking fell through so
0: if do you think that Peter's blackmail I think was 15,000 and he didn't pay it mm-hmm. but he did pay 15,000 to a private eye do yeah. you is that what is that what I can't remember exactly how much Allie wanted from Byron but like just think about like I don't know like having just like $15,000 that you could just like liquid like, like give to a 14 year old like what is yeah. Allie doing with $15,000 how yeah how does Byron, the professor, had this money. Right?
1: It doesn't make any sense. The The money makes no sense here. But I guess we just have to assume that Byron and Ella, I mean, they have to. Byron they invest and well, I guess. Some resources that that are just not disclosed to us as the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so then Byron, after this confrontation, sees Melissa leaving the De Laurentiis house on the phone. You forgot Melissa... that Garrett
0: witnesses that conversation with Allie and Byron.
1: Oh, sorry. yes, Garrett. Yeah. yeah
0: gareth come he back i guess that. to
1: bury the fake murder weapon who knows who knows why he knows. came back he witnesses the confrontation with byron then byron witnesses melissa leaving the de la renta's house on the phone meaning that at some point melissa did leave the house to witness the spencer alley argument and then went Return. back into the
0: house yeah yeah you know, she's making a lot of phone calls yeah uh, she's busy probably maybe I don't I, I feel like we hear a little snippet of her conversation but mm-hmm. I could imagine that she's maybe has some concern for Spencer and is maybe I think I think to... she
1: might be trying to get yeah get in touch with her parents yeah because she's maybe concerned about Spencer because she just left Ian it doesn't I think we're supposed to maybe think she's on the phone with Ian but that it, the time timing yeah, wise, no. it doesn't make sense I have to assume that she's on the call with like she's trying to get a hold of her parents yeah because she's concerned about Spencer and that that does like that mindset speaks to her later actions I think I think so um and so, so then
0: Jason stumbles out of the De Laurentiis house who knows where he's been all night but except yeah. for I guess drinking In just a and smoking drunk lead. high stupor yeah he
1: had a six pack of uh he had a I think a blunt and a six pack of beer <laughs> Which, again, I'm going to be honest, I don't think would make me black out the way that Jason is talking about. But I guess Jason is a lightweight. But he's also, you know, 18, 19 or something.
0: I guess, yeah. So I guess that checks out. I'll allow it. And so he sees Melissa talking to who he later claims to be Cece. He thinks it's Cece. But we actually think that that's not the case. And it was most likely Allison. And because, so, don't think too much about the fact that he mistook his sister for his girlfriend, who also is turned out to be his sister. His cousin. Or yeah. cousin, you're right, yeah. Yeah, well, turn uh, out to be
1: his sister, and then it's actually his cousin, who's, like, biologically his half-sister.
0: Yeah. Um, but, don't think about that too much.
1: Yeah. So we know because Cece, in Game Over Charles, Cece seems quite sincere when she says that he must have seen Allie or Bethany because it wasn't her. Mm -hmm. Now, this, of course, raises the question, like, you know, neither Allison nor Melissa in in either of their recounts ever of this night mentioned speaking to
0: each other. But
1: but... we also
0: know that Cece wasn't wearing the yellow top. We see her when Mrs. D is burying Allie's body. Cece is not wearing the yellow top.
1: So I think we have to just assume that it was just, it wasn't a super relevant conversation. Like it was probably just like Mm -hmm. passing remarks between Allison and and Melissa.
0: Yeah. And it would make sense also if Melissa was having this conversation that was maybe a little heated or whatever about Spencer, given that Melissa had just witnessed this argument. She now knows that Spencer is taking amphetamines I think that this conversation was more than likely Melissa and Allison kind of talking about Spencer.
1: Yeah, probably. I I bet it was probably Melissa, like probably just like telling Allison to back off of Ian and back off of uh, yeah, back off of Spencer. Yeah, you know, because Melissa fucking hates Allison.
0: Um, Understandable.
1: So then Allison goes back to the barn and confirms that Spencer is sleeping, which you know is a relief to spencer because spencer thought she maybe killed bethany young so that's it definitely wasn't spencer because she was sleeping um so then allie after confirming the girls are all asleep she hasn't gotten any messages very chuffed
0: with herself she's like i figured it out i am a freaking genius she goes back stands in front of her like bay window in front of the home and sees her mother and then hit by cece with a rock
1: Mrs. DeLaurentis, of course, witnesses this, and in an effort to protect Cece, decides to bury Allison's body in the, you know, freshly dug dirt of the gazebo they're putting
0: in. Yeah, um, and it should be said, Cece thought that because Bethany was wearing oh, that yellow top, Cece thought that she was hitting Bethany over the head. With the and
1: that hand. Bethany was there to hurt Mrs. DeLaurentis because mm-hmm. Bethany young hated Mrs. DeLaurentis because she was having an affair with her dad, as we mentioned before, yeah. Yeah. I also, I've always wanted, like, it's so this gazebo though is under construction, right? And mm-hmm. they finish building it after their daughter disappears, which is yeah. such suspicious behavior. And it's so good that it then turns out, of course, they did because Mrs. De Laurentiis knew that Allison's body was under there, so yep. she made sure to finish the gazebo. Where most, you know, distraught parents probably finishing the gazebo in the backyard would not be their number not one priority. priority. Now. And no. the Rhode Island PD hired people of any intelligence or skill they would have probably found that suspicious and maybe questioned why yeah. this Green family was like still finishing the gazebo in their backyard so the grunwald enters the picture uh and unburies uh allison and tries to take her to the hospital so these following events have are are happening somewhat concurrently. So, yeah. the, so in the backyard, the Grunwald is unburying Allison, while in the front yard, Mrs. DeLorenzes is paying off Darren Wilden to take Cece back to Radley and you know say that she was walking on the highway. She was never in Rosewood, which does mean that Wilden, while he ma- were he probably didn't, you know, I'm sure Mrs. De Laurentiis didn't say, yeah, Cece just murdered Allison. I buried her in the backyard. Take her back to Radley. Wilden has, once, once Alison goes missing, Wilden has to know, right? Yeah. Wilden has to know that Cece was involved uh, and that that's why he was paid off to do this, which is interesting. So obviously Wilden is corrupt, right? But he's also been painted into a corner here a little bit by Mrs. De Laurentiis, because he didn't know he was covering up a murder at the time Mm -hmm. he thought he was just doing his normal cover-up shit and then a a teenage girl was missing and he's like well shit i guess that's what i was covering up i am now committed to covering this up
0: but also let's not forget detective let's not forget Mm -hmm. oh yeah he's also dated this teenage girl who goes missing yeah so yeah and like double whammy
1: was sleeping with her Yes. yeah we uh-huh. we decided i think the pregnancy was not true that was like cc kind of made that up well um, or maybe maybe allison said she thought she was but then she wasn't
0: yeah i um, don't think she
1: was but pregnant allison was definitely sleeping with wilden though, 100%. Who, again by conservative estimates i think we decided
0: 27 was 26, 28
1: 27 yeah
0: yeah how yeah, the men
1: in this town
0: there's the something men in the this water. town
1: are something else. Yeah. So
0: Mona hits Bethany Young with a shovel, thinking that it was Allie. Um, I think somewhere around the Hastings backyard, it seems. And then Melissa yeah stumbles upon Bethany's body, and actually, no, it would have to be near the grave yeah. because we see it would have to be near like um the gazebo because no, 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 we no. see we Melissa about kind this. of just push the body into it
1: but, but I think that Melissa dragged the body over there. Oh, okay. Hmm. I I mean, maybe, maybe Bethany Young, I guess it would make sense for Bethany Young to be in the De Laurentiis yard. Um, But so yeah, either Bethany Young was in the De Laurentiis yard, Mona sees her, hits her, Melissa then stumbles across the body or Melissa stumbles across the body in their backyard and goes and buries you know bethany who she thinks is allison in the de Laurentiis backyard which would be the smart thing to do and we know that melissa is smart and is also very poetic considering that mrs de Laurentiis or considering that mary drake later buries mrs de Laurentiis in the hastings backyard
0: yeah i mean really this show is Um, just de Laurentiis and hastings burying different bodies in each other's yards and I think that's a yeah, great metaphor. Family. And I think that's a great metaphor for like the family relationship between the two families. A lot of buried yeah. bodies, but regardless, Bethany uh, Melissa pushes
1: Bethany into this like freshly do- this conveniently loose dirt uh, that she doesn't question in the De Laurentiis yard. So now Bethany is in Allie's grave, uh, which it's also I I want to point out I believe this is Allison's first grave, the first grave, and then slash bethany's first grave there's a number of them
0: allison escapes from the grunwalds allison escapes from the grunwalds like when grunwald is trying to take her to the hospital and she's just kind of like walking on one of those you know dirt roads around rosewood and mona yeah who we know just hit just killed bethany young or i guess didn't kill her hit her over the head with a shovel um stumbles upon allison who she thought she had just hit with a shovel yeah and
1: she 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 thinks she thinks that this is allison that she just hit over the head like she Mm -hmm. thinks oh yeah allison yeah allison's still alive like because mona wasn't really intending to kill her either and so she's like oh there's allison like that she this is like confirmation for mona that she hit allison you don't Uh,
0: think you don't think she intended to kill Allison that's what Mona says Mm. Mona says that
1: she just wanted to like hurt her and scare her
0: I don't think you hit someone over the head with a shovel just to scare them
1: (laughs) I don't think that's I don't think that's how you would do that I mean I don't Mona's not in her right mind I think potentially Mona is for what her secret motives
0: were I think potentially Mona is after the fact trying to say like I didn't mean to kill her I just wanted to scare her because you know she's she yeah. wants to be friends with the girls and the girls don't really want to be yeah. friends with a cold-blooded murderer yeah. only an
1: accidental um, murderer they're fine with accidental murder they do it all the time yep so mona takes allie to the lost woods and convinces her to fake her death that's kind of the last event of the night for let's so let's unpack mona's mo, what what happens with mona
0: well i think it's going interesting. forward
1: from this point
0: Well, I think one, before we get to that, one thing that I think is interesting is the fact that Mona takes Allie to the Lost Woods. But remember, Allie Mm -hmm. rented a room in the Lost Woods that morning. And we know that Allie tells Mona to take her there. Oh, does she? Uh... Because
1: I think they go to Allison's room because she's not going to take Mona's not going to take Allie to her room at the Lost Woods. It's crazy town. Yeah. Okay, good point. Um, So, yeah. Sorry. So, Mona, though, at this point, Mona convinces Allie to fake her death. and for a year, Allison is missing, presumed dead kind of, but Mona knows that she's alive and Mona believes that she didn't hurt anyone really. Then a year later, let's think about what Mona goes through when the body of a blonde girl in that yellow top is dug up from the same, from the same area where she had hit Allison over the head. Probably like probably a tough Mona realization. Is, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen for this body to be ID'd as Allison that somebody had to have done. But the thing is, is that nobody had the knowledge they needed to know that they needed to do this. Cece didn't know for sure that Allison was alive. So Cece wouldn't have been planting the bracelet and changing dental records. Mm -hmm. The only person who knows that Allison is alive is Mona, which means Mona is definitely the one that makes sure that this body gets ID'd as Allison. She has to be the one that changes the dental records. She has to be the one that plants the Allison bracelet because we also know Mona has the bracelet. We see that Mm -hmm. when Allie leaves her at the Lost Woods. Mona goes to great lengths to make sure that Bethany Young is ID'd as Allison because Mona doesn't want Allison coming back. And Mm -hmm. because Mona is also now very confused about what she may or may not have done that night. (laughs) So the more... The more covering up and confusion she can add to this situation, the better. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is Al- is Mona doesn't know. Mona doesn't know if she hit Allie and she's free and clear she didn't hurt anyone or if she killed this girl. And if she did kill this girl who buried the body, which makes a lot of sense, I think, with Mona's behavior going forward, like A's behavior in the first couple of seasons. Really, the purpose seems to just be to add suspects to the list and create confusion. Mm-hmm.
0: She does it. She nails it. And that,
1: that's what Mona's trying to do because Mona because because Mona doesn't know exactly what she did, she doesn't know what she needs to cover up. So the best thing that she can do is create confusion and and you know, plant evidence and sprinkle clues around mm-hmm. to point to anyone but her. Yep. Everyone's motives fully check out and it's just such solid work.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like so impressive how convoluted yeah. this day and night are, but it really does make sense. The way that things happen yeah. and unfold, like there's not a plot hole. It, no. There's really not.
1: If you put in the work, there's
0: some. There's like, some. I think murky, a lot of people, yeah, there's some murky moments, right? Where like we're looking at it and we're like, mm-hmm. well, like this could have happened before or after that, and you kind of just have to make a judgment call. But like overall, the the plot, the yeah. the whole events of the day and night, check out. And I think like on first yeah. glance, people might be like oh this doesn't make any sense there's no way she could have done this but then like you when you map it out like it it does kind of work it does work
1: so there's a lot of things that like seem contradictory at first but there can there is a potential logical explanation for like the allison bracelet so we know that mona has the allison bracelet and we know the girls find the allison bracelet that a leaves for them but then later jason Gives them another Allison bracelet and says that it was found when they found Allison's body. So it seems kind of contradictory that, like, how would the Allison bracelet have been in the grave if that was Bethany Young's grave? And like, you could say, like, oh, Al, it got you know, Al, it fell off of Allison when she was buried, but we know that it wasn't. Mona has it because so, we see
0: it. We see it on like the vanity yeah. at the Lost Woods when Allison yeah. when Allison's leaving the Lost Woods.
1: So so Mona in trying to make sure that the body is ID as Allison most likely took the took the like original bracelet, the real one, and went and, you know, once that body was discovered and she knew that like she might might have hurt someone or like you know they might be about to find out that Allison isn't dead if this body doesn't get id'd as alison so she goes and like plants the bracelet at the grave for it to be found and processed into evidence and confirm for everyone that this was alison de laurentis and then of course you know gets a replica made to leave for the girls just
0: for pranks just and for giggles. shits and gigs she loves a prank yeah loves a prank yeah I mean it's again it's airtight it really is and it's impressive that over the course of because we don't even because I think what's so so impressive about it is like this all kind of unfolds over the course of six seasons that we get like bits and pieces Mm -hmm. from this night and it's like this really complex puzzle but it all fits it all works together I think that that's just like such an impressive like Thing for the writers to have done because yeah, they didn't truly, know. We don't get the. F- they didn't know the whole night when they first started writing season one, and they kept on adding things and, but still made it all work.
1: We don't get the full story until season six, episode ten. Game over, Charles. It's over I guess seasons. five and a half seasons. Five and a half.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: Over five and a half seasons, and it it all checks out enough right like I'm sure that there's things that like the writers probably it, it, it's a bit of luck that like it didn't end up contradicting like but I think that it's also like they wrote it in such a way to make sure that like because I think they don't sp- spell it out so explicitly there's mm-hmm. enough like wiggle room for yep. you to make it work so one thing that is shocking about this night is that Noel Kahn is nowhere to be found
0: and I'm going to add to that It's also shocking that I think Wilden plays such a small role in the night. Because we know that Wilden had this relationship with Allie. And because of that, you would think that he would be on her list of people because Wilden is beach hottie. He's not he's not he's not been visited, maybe because he was working. Yeah. Yeah. But also where is Nolan? I guess
1: doesn't I, I could see Allison not viewing Wilden as a potential A suspect because he's so much older. True. Like and I it's think quite she, she might be thinking like, like, no, this has to be somebody closer to my age. Not yeah. my not my twenty eight year old boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no Khan. Because I think really what it is Nol Khan hasn't become himself yet. So like No Khan becomes so essential and so menacing. But at this time, Nol Khan is kind of just a dumb job. Yeah, but also go really over the course of this show, Noel Khan goes from he has such a great character arc because he goes from dumb jock to mercenary. And that's beautiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, I would venture to say he's not essential. He doesn't really become essential, but he he becomes a part of everything like that's the thing that's so fascinating He becomes, about Noel central. He becomes not central. Not essential. Yeah. Not that's perfect. Central, not essential because he never really does. <laughs> he's never really leading anything. He is kind of just a team player and will join any team that asks him to join. You know, like out he's he'll yeah. help Allie when she's in hiding, he'll join and help CC with the dollhouse and He just has no loyalty to anyone except to fucking with these four girls.
1: He is a mercenary, you know? Mm -hmm. He is for hire slash blackmail. Yeah. I mean, we will talk about Noel Khan many more times in many episodes. I think he'll probably get his own episode. Mm -hmm. I love Noel Khan. He's just such an excellent character.
0: It's an excellent Uh, character because he just has no motive. He just kind of wants to be there.
1: But also... Uh, no uh, we can't I can't, we can't get off on a no you're tangent. right you're right we, we you're could right. talk about noel con all day <laughs> I have so many thoughts about noel con and what he did and didn't do to to girls at sorority parties um <laughs> but we can discuss that in a noel con themed episode yes um
0: so obviously this day and night are very like long convoluted complicated and like it's like a logic puzzle that we've had to piece together and we've shared some of that thought process of how we you know, put this timeline of events together, but if you have questions or if you think that there's something we missed or want us to elaborate on anything, um, email us. Email is in the description and we will attempt to address on a future episode. Maybe we'll do a part two of that night. Yeah.
1: Feel free to email us with questions and thoughts unrelated to that night that you want to see you know, addressed. a future episode on or get addressed questions you have. I'm sure people would like probably like an episode similar to this in which we unpack what the fuck happened on the Halloween train don't worry that is in the works
0: (laughs) yes and with that I think we're I think that's it thanks for listening
1: yeah we have covered that night thank you for listening yeah
0: cheerio sister
1: (laughs) if anyone did cheerio sister cheerio